This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia, and you're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Part of the Herpeticulture Network. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 144 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I am Jacob Bratz with Longleaf Reptilia. Oh, it threw me off again. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I said it in my it. head. I yeah. said it in my head. I said the other one in my head, and it was, it's, yeah. It's I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this week, we are joined by Mr. Christian, Christian Parr. Parr. Yeah. Of Lightside Reptiles. What's up, guys? What's up? What's going on, man? How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Well, before we get too deep, um, shout out to our sponsor of Steve Snakeshwary. Venom Hot Sauce. Venom Hot Sauce. Apparently, someone on one of the social media platforms was giving him a hard time about his his tubs and his setups. I think it was some it was probably some like 13-year-old on TikTok that has a bearded dragon. That was like, you're not keeping that correctly. So Steve okay. had to put out a post saying, like, don't base my husbandry off a 30-second video. You know, yeah. I actually take care of things. Just and it's like yeah. the fact that you even have to say that is everyone, yeah. I don't care who you are. Sometimes people get busy, sometimes water bowls get dry. Sometimes, sometimes snakes poop in water dishes. That's right. Sometimes you can't get to it as soon as it happens. Sometimes Wait, you guys, you guys are, you guys are telling me that you guys let water bowls go dry and there's poop in you guys' cages? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Oh. Did you believe that? Unfortunately, poop some in, of us have full time jobs in oh, the cages. Would you believe oh, it? We okay. don't sit yeah. in oh, our God. rooms and stare and okay. wait for something to hit the floor. Some of us also work two jobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. But some of us do that to ourselves. Yes, that is true. Some, <laughs> some of us are quitting their second job tomorrow. So, oh, yeah. put in my two yeah. weeks. Yeah, that's not quitting. That's putting my two. That's weeks. putting my two weeks. Quitting is like I'm done. I am done. But find someone else to make a damn garlic bread twist. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Make your own pizzas, calzones. <laughs> Ain't yeah. me. Ain't gonna be me, baby. Oh, uh, anything new? We didn't have snakes and stogies because Phil was sick. Oh, man. I've been dealing with some sort of nasal. I think it's a sinus infection. It's getting better, but. Yeah, sounds like you got. I'm a little stuffy. Clothes and your nose. I mean, cigars help. Yeah, cigars, I'm sure. monsters. The caffeine helps constrict your blood vessels so you don't, like, you're not as as nasal. Oh, I was on. Daffy's Roundtable. Oh, were you? Yeah. You didn't, oh, I. So, because Jake works so much, we really don't hear from him throughout the week. Yeah. So, so this it's is like the one time I catch up and figure out what he's been doing. Yeah. My my weeks pretty much consist of working all day, and when I'm not doing my second job, I'm dealing with snakes until I'm hanging out. And I really don't feel like being on social media after all that. So doesn't have time for us little people. Well, I'm his friends I'm here. I haven't missed a podcast. Have haven't. I? I take it easy. Hey, yeah, dude, you're coming at me sideways. Take man. it easy. I'm real, I'm real defensive right All now. right. All right. Vietnam flashback. 
Nah, I'm just tired. <clears throat> I'm always on edge, though. That's why I'm super happy I'm quitting my second job. That will be so, a nice yeah. reprieve. Yeah, I'll get back on social media and become a person again. How was that, though? What? Daffy's. Daffy's. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed I really enjoy talking to him, man. He's, cool he, he's a really cool dude. He's, a, he's fun to talk to. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, so Fatty, I mean, it'll probably sound like, huh? Yeah. He'll probably, it'll probably sound like any other podcast that I've been on, but you know, it is what it is. I think he's got a little bit of a different audience. So maybe it's cool. Yeah. It was um, fun. It was we're supposed time. to be back for snakes and stogies on Monday. It's actually going to be a pretty interesting episode. We're going to be talking about morph market, so it's supposed to be me, Phil, Doc Wyman, Doc Loafman, I think Doc Tillis. Ooh. Doc Tillis. That's actually Doc Tillis. the dude. That... Is, he, is he officially doctor? I think so. Stephen Tillis, if he's not. Uh, and Morph Market had this policy thing where they were trying to instate like testing and yeah, I was I it. was lurking on it's the in the chat confusing. about that. So what what's the deal with? I'd that. have to see. I'd have to have it in front of me. And read so it. it's more. I, so I it's morph market wanting to require testing. It wasn't a requirement. It was a thing where, um, I'm gonna butcher this. So don't don't take what I the way I'm explaining this as the way it it, it was happening. Hold, this is just hold, a hold this with an open hand. Yes. <laughs> uh, they were making it an option to where. You could test and like within two days of receiving an animal and then something along the lines of like, if it was a negative test, then it was up. Then the, the seller had to do something about it, basically either refund no. or take the snake back. But then sellers could opt out. But then they I guess they got enough negative feedback that they ended up you know a day later coming back and, and saying, backing uh, out on that and saying yeah because you should still be testing yeah it's just one of those things where we're not gonna like yeah i mean that it's because it is one of those things you know some people honestly if you don't care about an animal you're buying being tested then you know that's on you you know it's it is what it is that should be the individual's choice you know and like because me i'm going to be offering testing for half off if you want an animal you're buying from me for half to be it. tested i'll pay for half of mm -hmm. it yeah you know you're buying an animal from me i'll pay for half of an idle virus test because i see it helping me because i know that i'm mm -hmm. still negative in my collection because if it pops positive okay good to know i've still got an idle virus you well know, there's just I, it's such a it's a very tough thing to navigate. It's it, I see a lot of parallels to what we deal with with Corona. Um, the whole opt out thing to me, it's almost like you don't really have a choice because if you opt out, you're automatically suspect. Like if I said, I don't want to like the testing thing, like I'll do it if a customer wants it. Like I don't have a problem doing that. Yeah. But if I have that, I opted out on morph market. Now Take. people are going to be like, well, why won't, you know, why aren't you like either you, you don't want to know, or you do know, and you don't want other people to know. Oh, like, you mean as a seller? Yeah. You don't want to opt out. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. sort of the questioner yeah, yeah, mark yeah. itself is an accusation in a way like, right. So we're going to talk about that Monday. It's going to be a really good episode. Um, you know, we talked about it on Corn Stars briefly in the last episode with Jessica Hare, and she's been super vocal about the whole market thing. Um, 
And I kind of gave like, I'm kind of at a point with all that because this is becoming another dead horse, sort of like the racks are bad, you know, big, huge enrichment setups are good kind of thing. It's becoming such a dead horse that, you know, this virus stuff is getting right up there with it. And I'm kind of at the point where it's like, I I feel the way I feel about it. I'm not really going to apologize for it. I'm I'm all for testing. I have no issues with testing. Um, I it's the way I equated it when I we talked about it on Corn Stars is like, if I don't feel sick, if I feel completely fine, I'm not going to go to the doctor. Like if I don't feel like there's a reason for me to go to the doctor, right. why am I going to go to the doctor? You know what I mean? Yeah, but then everybody's argument against that is, well, it's not always like present like it's not always like showing that it's there but it can be you know what i mean that's everybody's just, if you're gonna go looking for it backlash. you're gonna find it yeah that's kind of uh, it's just it all depends on the individual's mindset you know <laughs> like there are a lot of people out there that are under the impression everybody has it it's not going away let's just hope our animals don't get sick and die you know well, what i mean well, like that's kind of i feel like that's everybody's uh, not everybody's but that's a lot of people's mindset the other half you know, is and, if I have an animal like a chondra that all of a sudden is not eating, and there's like I explained this too, like chondras if they're eating, they're usually on solid ground. If I have a snake that randomly stops eating and is otherwise has been fine, it's not in the shed cycle or anything else, that's usually a red flag for me, and that's when I'm like, okay, something's off. And mm-hmm. so then you start doing the usual like, where's everything at as far as numbers and and temperatures and humidity and stuff like that, and. You know, what What could be off? What's different? Right. And if I can't figure that out first, like, then I'm going to I'm gonna test and I'm going to look for things. And if I have an animal that's continually not keeping food down and seems to be struggling and is starting to bloat a little bit, I'm going to get a crypto test done. Like, it's I'm going to test stuff if I think that I need to. But if right. the animals are outwardly fine and I don't have any issues that are out of the norm or anything like that, I'm not going to go test. I mean, it's and that's understandable. And it's, you can't even say that now without people sort of freaking out. And I mean, we're going to talk about it on Monday. But see, again, you but, say that, but I think there's a lot more people that are under the same assumption, but almost don't want to admit it. Yeah, you know, I think like, I think that's the common. I think I think there's more people out there that they don't want to test because the reality is, if if everybody cared so much about testing most people would be testing every animal that came into their mm-hmm. home, you know, and they'd be testing the way in me, myself, uh, you know, I kind of run somewhat of a closed, I don't bring a lot of animals in mm-hmm. with the exception of some. And, uh, it's for that reason. I do like a three month quarantine on basically everything. Everything has to go perfect for three months. And I, I'm going to test, you know, that's yep. me. You know, I, you know, but to the same extent, I think if it was a bigger issue, we would hear about it more. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You would see the Facebook posts from. People would be well, losing collections like crazy. Yeah, you if would. If it were as serious as it, as people make it out to seem. Yeah, and I, I think you'd be, you would be hearing. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't hear anybody that's like, well, you know, I got an animal from so-and-so and I tested it and it came back positive. Well, because I do, when it comes to that, I do think it's also an etiquette thing. 
You know what I mean? Because it's a very serious accusation. In this yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying like privately. You know, like I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying like people would be social. I mean, maybe some people would be blasted out on social media, but I think it'd be more of a, you know, you would hear through the grapevine, hey, so and so got, you know what I mean? And we don't mm-hmm. hear about that. And when, when me personally, when I talk to other people, and I asked, have you tested? I, it's almost a blanket statement. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can name, I think, two people that I talk to on a somewhat normal basis that test. Yeah, I I am pretty much also both Chondro people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty much making it at this point, like moving forward. Obviously, I've been very open about the fact that I have had Nido. I'm sure I still have animals that have it. That's also why I have not been selling animals and not making a lot of movement with it. But I'm also going about it in the fact that if animals are showing it, I'm going to test. And if I sell an animal, I'm going to test, you know, like that's the thing, you know, I'm that's that's a blanket for me. I'm actually right as of now, you know, I'm working on a few, you know, trades for some animals that are very healthy, but I'm covering testing costs. You know, because I want to know, you know, before these animals go, I'm going to test them and make sure they're clean for you. But I'm so going to recommend quarantine, doing doing your own thing. And if they happen to, you know, test positive for you, then I would be happy to work something out with them, you know. But that's because I already know I have had it. You know what I mean? I feel like at this point, I've pretty much almost eradicated it. Um, But... Well, you, the, my thing is like what, what happened with the star pythons thing a couple weeks ago, and that whole deal. What happened with star pythons thing a couple weeks ago? Cliff Notes version: uh, Someone got a carpet or two or several. A year later, they tested things. Something came back positive, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, it was star pythons' fault. If I'm recalling correctly, and that's the thing, man. If you keep several snakes, you can't pin it on any anybody. Yeah. Like when well, I can't was, wait when a I year was dealing, and then pin it on someone. exactly. Like because that was my thing. Like when I dealt with it, I messaged people out of current, like a couple. Not it wasn't a lot. It was like two people. I messaged just to be like, hey, just so you know, this happened to me. I'm not saying you gave I it to me. Days. I'm not saying you have it. I'm saying this animal that came from you tested positive. I Just want you to up. know yeah. in case you're seeing anything fishy in your collection. Same heads like, up I give if I found mites. I am like, not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not telling you you have anything. It's just a, like I, it's just a courtesy call because it came from somebody. Right. Frankly, it did. You know, it, it's it's unfortunate, but it did. You know, and so I would like to do my due j- diligence to make sure those people are aware. You know what I mean? And yeah. so on and so forth. But that's just Monday. Like I said, Monday will be good. Yeah. Um, Cause um, I know like Wyman has some, some thoughts on it. Um, Tillis has thoughts on it. Obviously Tillis has one, been one of the guys that's been really hard, yeah. like in that, that inner he's, circle. I working mean, he's on at it the top of study the, it. yeah, he's at the top of the chart <clears> with, <throat> when it comes to nidovirus. Um, I think we're trying to get Dr. Julander to join us. And then Doc Loafman, obviously, with crypto and stuff, he's kind of the the go-to guy for that. And I've said it before, but, I mean, crypto concerns me more than Nido does. I mean, obviously, getting so heavy and back into colubers and stuff, yeah, I feel like that's not that far of a stretch. But yeah. I worry much more about crypto wiping things out than I do Nido 
Yeah. Uh, and I think a part of that is just having the closed collection. You know, I'm, I'm where, where, where I'm at with green trees. I'm pretty much happy. Like I don't have any desire to bring any more in. Like I have my group. I'm cool with that. If I do get more, it's going to come from somebody that I've, that, you know, like Luke or David or someone that I've gotten animals from before that have been completely issue free. Um, but like crypto and corns and, and the other colubers and stuff that that I'm more conscientious of and, and definitely try to pay more attention to cross-contamination possibilities and things like that. So um, that'll all get ironed out. But uh, yeah, so light side reptiles. Where the, uh, where the, is the, is the name Star Wars related? No, not really. No? <laughs> no, it was, it was one of the things like, when, when I was getting started, uh, my wife's like, well, you have to have a name for something. I was like, for what? She's like, what are you going to do? Just call it your name? I was like, well, I can. And my wife and I just kicked it around a little bit. And there was a t-shirt we saw at some point, and it said, uh, come to the dark side. We have cookies on oh. it. It was literally <laughs> yeah. like a joke. It's literally a joke yeah. in my in our house all the time. My wife and I say it to each other. And I was like, oh, I can't do dark side lights on reptiles that's just i don't know if i can do that my light side works that was it well i mean it works out because you got a lot of jungles isn't that like the whole thing where like yeah yeah you're if you're if you're in the ijs you're on the dark side and it's funny because i actually kicked around a while back i kicked around the idea of dark side exotics because i because i was because i was in the ijs you know that's that's funny, but yeah, no, it is. If you're, it is in a carpet thing. If you're in the pop winds, yeah. you're you're on the dark side. If you're in the jungles, you're the light side. And yeah. Well, to be fair, I didn't own to any jungles fair. when I when I made that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I did not own a jungle. It just worked out then. Yeah. It just it just happened. <laughs> so now you need now you need some of those fresh cookies and get into uh, pop one carpets. That'll happen. That'll happen. That, that'll happen. I'll hook so, you up. I'll hook you up, man. Night free, I promise. <laughs> so when'd you yeah. uh, when'd you get into herps? Um, I th- I think you know, kind of like everybody my age grew up late nineties, early two thousands. You grew up watching Steve Irwin, Crocodile Hunter, and Jeff Corwin, and 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 stuff like that on Animal Planet. Yeah. Um, my parents, they never, you know, they're not reptile people. Um, mm-hmm. so. Right. I wasn't allowed to have snakes, um, but I think I was about eight to 10 years old, something like that. My dad brought home, my dad worked in a greenhouse and uh, they got a shipment from Florida in and uh, they had a bunch of brown anoles in the the shipment. My dad caught one, brought it home, brought it home in a Burger King cup, sits it on the (laughs) counter and (laughs) sits on the counter and says, look, I got you a lizard. And uh, I, I, I was so happy. Went to bed, woke up the next morning, checked the deli cup or checked the, you know, the Burger King cup. It was dead in the bottom of the cup. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm devastated. My parents, they, you know, gave in. They took me to the uh, local farm store. We had a farm store in our like local town that had like a little pet section. They had just a few reptiles and uh, they had green anoles. So my first, uh, my first, my entry into herps was, a pair of green anoles I kept in a cruder keeper. There you their go. heat their heat lamp was a uh, a Wagner thirty one fifty seven turn signal light bulb for a Chevy. 
Oh, oh man. That, that was literally <laughs> that's the best one I've heard yet, dude. Oh, that's that was, great. Really good. That that was the heat lamp, and it was my job. It was my job to make sure if when I woke up in the morning, plug it in, and it, before I went to bed, unplug it. So even back then, I was light cycling and temperature cycling things. I didn't, you know, just didn't know, you know, and I decorated the enclosure. I just went outside in the yard, broke a bunch of sticks up and threw them inside the critter keeper. And that was its cage. <laughs> Oddly funny. enough, down here in the southeast, PetSmart, I don't know if they still do, but PetSmart sold green anoles, which is hilarious because you can literally They're... walk outside the parking lot and find yeah. as many as you want. No, they literally you can go yeah. to PetSmart and buy one for $7.99. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They were eight bucks. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, but they, they I'm pretty sure, no, they might, uh, maybe they not anymore. Not, I just they they always kept like anoles, they had like green anoles, long tailed grass lizards. No, or they're just long tailed lizards, oh, is yeah, what they call them. They they had anoles, long tailed lizards, and like the Bahaman anoles and like house the, geckos. PetSmart never had house no, geckos, yeah, I don't, oh, at least, see, at least here, ours yeah. didn't. Up here, up here, they had uh, they had house geckos because I, I eventually, oh, wow. I eventually, you know, I bought a pair of those too. <laughs> <laughs> there you it's go. Just, there's no like, uh, there's no way it was the same anoles we saw in there when they were selling greens. So it's like that means there's someone in here in Beaufort, South Carolina, buying anoles when in the <laughs> spring you could literally catch about a million of them. Yeah, and then in Florida, like forget about it. Like in <laughs> Florida, why would you? It. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's yeah. just goofy. No, but I mean, you gotta think. I mean, if you're really wanting to, I mean, I assume the ones at PetSmart have less of a parasite load than wild caught. Guarantee ones. you, they're all caught in Florida. And shit Probably. I was gonna I say. Would, uh, so that's a fair. That's a fair bet. Yeah. Never mind. That's I don't know about you guys, but all the ones I see, well, back then, I, I haven't been a, in a pet store like that in a long time, but they were all adults in the cage. There was never juveniles. There was all adults. It was always adults. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, they're everywhere down here. It's just hilarious when you walk into a pet smart and you probably pass like yep. 30 of them in the parking lot on the way inside. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and those those things lived forever, man. I had those. I had those. Like I said, I was eight, eight or ten years old when I got them. I gave them to the local Petco when I turned eighteen, or like right out of high school. What? I, I, moved, I moved out, and uh, I moved. No out. I moved. way. Yep. They were still alive. All of them, all four of them, the green and alls and the house geckos. No yep. way. That's in, insane. The yep. 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 <laughs> Oh yep. my God, that's with awesome, a, though, man! With a with a car turn signal light bulb and decorations and decorations from outside. Oh, <laughs> from yeah, what I've man. been told and read over the years, like even a pair or trio of anoles need a like a much larger setup than people realize. Yeah, like, for whatever reason, they need a lot of space. I mean, apparently to my man right here, well, yeah, the only I mean, need a critter keeper. Works, I don't know. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, it was the jumbo critter keeper. I didn't have the. the it was the one. jumbo it critter was... keeper. Was, yeah, like, but don't yeah, get don't get it twisted. Still. It was the big one. <laughs> Still, it wasn't the hermit crab one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's super cool, though, man. I mean, that's that's really cool. I ne honestly never would have imagined they lived for ten years. 
That's yeah. I'd say oh, incredible. Yeah, mine were, I, I mine were well. I, I would say they were they were it had to have been at bare minimum they were six to eight years old bare minimum. That's hmm. crazy. That blows yep. my mind. Yep. And they I only ever fed them I only ever fed them uh, crickets from the local farm store. There you go. My my first snake was a little steraria. It was red bellied, and I think I had it for about a day. And I left it sitting in a particular area of my room that got blasted by afternoon sun. I think I came home from like first grade or something like that. And it was fried crispy. It was so I've actually devastated. I've actually never told this story because I'm I'm just now thinking about this. I know for a fact I've never told this in podcast history. So my very first snake, okay, so this is going way back. I was, I was a little guy. My cousin, my cousin Brandon, caught a little garter snake out um, out in his yard. And it was funny. He was messing with it in the house, and his mom told my aunt, his mom told him not to uh, drop it down the vent. And this dude literally dropped it on top of the vent, okay? I can't believe it didn't go down the vent, but it didn't. Uh, but he ended up for some reason, my dad ended up letting me take it home. I don't know why. So I put it in this. So I will, I always wanted snakes at this point, but I was never allowed to. So my parents kind of just like, let me get stuff that just kind of like scratched the itch. So I had this little plastic, like terrarium type thing that actually raised tadpoles in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I put it in there thinking it would stay in there it did not stay in there like whatsoever i don't know it wasn't an open top it was closed but the whole thing was plastic i'm pretty sure it just had like a closed lid on it oh, I, I don't you. know it was some little kid i got to raise tadpoles in and you know because my mom was all about you know getting me into that stuff which was awesome and nerd yeah no i was a huge nerd but so I put it in there and it got out like that day and I remember I remember chasing it on the table at that house and then my parents were like nope it's gone get it out so i had to go release it was actually the marsh hawk it was over in marsh mm -hmm. hawk i released it at the pond no. over there's a pond it's probably there. still out there probably somewhere so yeah that's my very first snake story so then it's safe to say that lizards came first for you before yeah. snakes oh yes oh yes i mean even so i got you know because of moving out in my first house I rented, I wasn't allowed to keep reptiles. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't until I bought a house, um, lived there for okay. a couple of years. I, I told my wife, I was like, I want, I want a corn snake. And she, no, no, not having no snakes. <laughs> no, not happening. It took me, I, I, it probably took me three months to talk her in to let me get geckos again. Um, yeah. Isn't it funny that we somehow manage, like whether it's parents or a spouse, like you manage to to beat them into submission? And <laughs> like, it always hear, happens. You never hear someone say, "Like I kept asking for a snake and finally gave up and never got one." It's like, no, I just kept asking. You know, I I annoyed I annoyed the hell out of him. More of attrition. That's exactly what it was. Like when I was about thirteen or fourteen, my parents were like, "Fine, shut the fuck up, get a snake." <laughs> like. <laughs> Jesus, like leave us alone. It'll make you stop. Yeah, no. I don't know. See, my wife, my wife tortured me. So there, she never showed any signs of cracking that she was gonna let me. And uh, I got on this kick on jungle carpet pythons. 
and yeah. I had just been researching the crap out of them. And we went, we were at Hamburg, Hamburg Reptile Expo, and there was, um, I believe it was Jason Balin's table, and oh, he yeah. had some, oh, yeah. he had, he, he so had some well. jungles on the table. Yeah, I didn't know who Jason Balin was at the time. Um, the Jason Balin? <laughs> I had no clue who he was. You know, we see I'm him at Daytona, and we say him. that it makes him turn beet red. He hates it when, when it's like it's the Jason Balin. <laughs> you could see him. He just, oh my god, you see him just like cover his face. He got to walk away. He's he's, he's so quiet he too. It's hilarious. Quiet. Yeah. Well, I stood at I stood at that table, eyeing those jungles up, just baby ugly brown jungles, <laughs> and I walked away. We are halfway home. And my wife goes, I can't believe you didn't buy one of those snakes. I went, are you are you I, 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 almost, I, I almost slammed on the brakes. I said, excuse me. And she goes, I thought we were coming home with one of these jungles you've been talking about for three months. Are you serious? I was on the phone with Andrew Paris, I think, two days later. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say I turned around and uh, came home. Yeah, I would have. I would have. But we were, I mean, we were only probably a half hour from the house at that. Hamburg's about an hour from my house. Oh, and by the, time we, by the time we turned around, it had been like, I'd had about five minutes to get in, get in, get out. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I would have looked at her and be like, you couldn't have said that like 20 minutes ago? Like, I did. Was, oh, I did. Was, it, was a, it might have been a strategic move where she waited until you got about halfway there, and then she was like, "You know what?" On second thought, <laughs> like as you pull up in the driveway, oh, she's like, "You really should have brought one home." You'd be like, "Son of a bitch!" That's messed up, yeah. man. Yeah. No, it's funny. See, like when I was younger, I would pull that type of thing with my mom. You know what I mean? Like we'd be at a reptile show and I had like one snake and I'd see a hog nose. I, it was actually, this happened with a hog nose. I went to a show and I, I saw these hog noses, you know, it was just a normal the guy had a male and like, I thought it was really cool. And, you know, it's kind of sat there, talked about it. My mom messed with it a little bit and we looked around. I was like, look, mom, I can get a whole setup like right here. It's not, it's not much, you know, and blah, blah. And never, no intention of buying a snake at the show. I was like 14 years old and came home with the hog nose. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it works out. That's funny though, man. That's weird. Like, cause when I grew up, like I didn't even know reptile shows existed. Oh man. I, I did. Like I, you know, I live small town in Pennsylvania. So like, the only exposure I ever had to anything reptile was that farm store in town. And like I said, it was a farm store. It was not a yeah. pet store. It was a farm store that had a small pet section where they had like dog food. And I think they, they may have had six 10-gallon tanks with urinals, maybe some sort of colubrid or some sort of python. Right. That's it. You know, that's yeah. all they had. Baby berms, $20. And see, I didn't. I didn't know about them. It, it was kind of, it was kind of weird how I came about everything. So like, I kind of got into reptiles when I got into reptiles, obviously it was just, you know, pet stores, Petco, PetSmart, et cetera, et cetera. You know, by the time I was actually allowed, but I am very thankful for my mother. Once my dad let me get snakes, my mom did support me quite a bit. You know, she took me to a lot of reptile shows and stuff, but it was funny how I came about it. And I do consider myself kind of fortunate. You know, I knew a guy, well, there's a guy involved in, 
I knew a guy through a guy kind of deal and he bred ball pythons. And so once I was allowed to have a snake, my mom took me to, you know, go see his collection and stuff. And I think he's the one who told us about, you know, Repticon shows. And it was funny. The very first Repticon show I went to was in Columbia. And my mom actually made like a whole weekend out of it. Like we got a hotel and stayed a night in Columbia. It's only an hour and a half away, you know, but she was all about it, you know, wanting to support, you know, what I was trying to do and all that. And so we like made a whole weekend out of it for like my first show in Columbia. And it was a whole thing. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, so. What's yeah. the uh? So I know I'm, I'm sure there's things I'm missing, but I like current collection wise, I know you got some jungles. Mm -hmm. I know you seem to be you're pretty heavy in uh, leopard geckos. I have some, yes. <laughs> I have some. I do, I do not have I do not have a massive collection. I really don't. I pro my whole entire collection is probably not even fifty animals. Uh, okay, that's a lie. Yeah, it's probably about <laughs> sixty five animals. Mm -hmm. And what's it? Uh, what's it consist of? Yeah, what's it? What's it look like? Um, I would say almost getting to where it is, almost fifty percent jungles. But um, oh, I have a, I have a, lower, a bad I have thing. A good amount. I have a good amount of jungles. I do like jungle carpet pythons. I'm more of a locality, dare I say, the evil pure word kind of guy. Um, <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Be careful! <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I do have a fair amount of leopard geckos. Got a pair of brattles pythons. Yeah. Yeah. They're not the superior Morelia. I'm sorry, everybody. Whoa. They're, Whoa. They're not. Popwing carpets are superior. Yeah. I, it's funny. I, I got my brattles pythons because everybody pocked them all up. Right. And I, you know, I thought they were, you know, beautiful snakes. So, of course, I wanted them. I got my first one. And he was kind of, you know, he was hatchling, but he's always mm -hmm. been pretty twitchy. Like, mm -hmm. he's a twitchy, kind of fast-moving animal. And then I get my female. And my female, if the two of you lock eyes, she's striking at your face 10 out of 10 times. She's a 5%er. Yep. Guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. Yep. Now, she's a good, you know, you can get her out, handle her, and it's not a problem. But as soon as you, the two of you lock eyes, she's striking at your face. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. There's always there's that, that 5% yeah. of brettles, man, that are just not what yeah. they're supposed they, to be. The brettles I had, yeah. I, I'd have the to ask Jay Tom. Wheels, I have man. to ask how, how she is. I'd have to ask Thomas how she is now because he went to um, our buddy Thomas Irvin. Um, I'd have to see how she is now, but, um, yeah, no, she was a, she was a spit fuck when I had her. She was, she, she was, handful. she was nasty. Like, and I grew, she got big, like it didn't get, it wasn't, she wasn't huge when I got rid of her, but she was, she was, she was four foot, you know, she was a good, she was big enough. She was big enough to grow out of the snappy phase. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I, she went through a weird phase for like a month of like, it was, she was cool. It was weird. I, I got wrong. there was like a month where I could take her out and she was calm and I was like, all right, cool. But then like it was just right back after that little bit of time and she just wanted blood. I don't know what it was, but she hated me. <laughs> I have a rhino rat that sounds familiar to that one. Yeah, See, that's surprising, too. I don't know. Maybe it's an, I don't know. How old is yours? 
Uh, mine is a 2018, but okay. So I got him from a friend that he bought four, thinking he had mm-hmm. 2.2, but he actually had 4.0. Oh, so yeah. So Damn. I went out to pick one out, and he had two that were problem feeders. He's like, these things are picky eaters. Sometimes I have to fight with them. They, you know, so I got him knowing that I, you know, might have a little and bit. And they of were, a, those were neonates at the time or? No, young? no, no, no. This is only eh, a couple months, a couple months okay. ago. Okay. You know, so he's, you know, sh- oh, should be almost breeding size, but he's not. Yeah. Um, and I got him home. Put him in his t- and he was when I went to the guy's house and picked him up, he was perfectly calm, handled mm-hmm. him like this, just as beautiful. And he is, he is drop dead gorgeous, like my picture, perfect fine rat. He's got nice bright greens with nice white pattern going through the mm-hmm. top, but yeah, his belly is blue. Yeah, it's like picture perfect rhino for me. Mm-hmm. And uh on day two, he had spilled his water bowl, made a huge mess. I just yeah, take him out, about right too. and he latched onto my thumb, and full full out wrap. And I'm like, what the heck? And then he started moving to like the end of my thumb, like he's gonna try to eat my thumb. I'm like, what? <laughs> I get him off. I put him back in his tub. I'm like, I wonder. I thought out a. I thought out a mouse. I open the tub. He comes out like a green mamba with a pointy nose. Yep. Grabs that mouse, goes back in, and that's how he's eaten ever since. My Jeez, rhino yeah, rat is, yep, my rhino rat's the most savage feeder <clears throat> in my whole entire class. Dude, they 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 do not play around. <laughs> and if there's food in the room, man, mine are all like cruising, rubbing their faces all over the front of the tub, and uh, but I have heard of, I don't know how much validity there is to it. I need to actually ask Matt and Rob um, that males like seasonality. Sometimes males will go off food you know and then um i've i also read i mean this was in one of the rhino groups so it could be complete garbage but i also there was something along the lines of like females becoming slightly more defensive during certain times of the year and being more ornery but i don't know mine mine have all been super chill like mine is not like like defensive he hmm. just you pick him up and you hold him, he's fine for about 10 seconds. And then he, he, he'll, like, push his nose into whatever he's on. And he, <laughs> yeah. knows you. He, and he bites and wraps it every time. It's a straight-up food response every time. Oh. Um, and he is he's a savage eater. But what I think it is is what I contributed to, the person I got him from keeps a lot of pythons and boas. So mm-hmm. he keeps his room about 80 81, 82. Yeah. I don't. I keep my rooms right now. It's 71 degrees in here, mm-hmm. and I only give him an 80. I only give him an 82 degree hot spot. That's all I give mm-hmm. him. And I think just cooling him down, just turn the switch on. Yeah. And he he's trying to make up for lost time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to make mine chase chase the mouse out of the tub. It's pretty funny because they just they lose their shit so mine if it depends on what kind of mood like if you just open the tub and he's in there sleeping he's not coming out but if he's awake like he's cruising the tub you open that tub he's coming out at you Hmm. guaranteed 
guaranteed you better have the mouse ready because he's coming. And whatever he can get his little teeth on, he's going to grab it. Yeah, they'll move when they want to move too, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he moves. He, he, the, the thing is, he's, I love him. He's gorgeous. <laughs> Are you planning on getting more of him? Probably not. Like, is that something you want to know? No. I, I do not. I am not one of those people that I need a pair. I need to breed everything. I, I'm not. I, he's this beautiful animal that's going to live here. I'm going to give him the best the best life he can for his life, and that's it. They are. They're so much fun. I love oh, them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I would I would kind of like to buy another one neonate, raise it in my care from, mm-hmm. and, you know, have, because I am a little jealous when I see you post yours, and they're all nice and calm, and your wife's holding them, <laughs> and they're nice and calm, and I'm like, I can't even hold mine. <laughs> yeah, Katie, man. Katie loves that them. must be nice. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like I bought you because you're this gorgeous thing, and the guy. Honestly, when I went and bought him, he was completely chill, like just as calm as could be. <laughs> but he was a problem feeder. He comes here, he's a little Spitfire, but he eats really, really well. But see that that right there tells me, you know, it's if he was a problem feeder with previous person like that tells me those cooler temps are what's you know really kind of kicked it yeah, off mine aren't even on heat mine are whatever the ambient is in the room and now that the ecu cage is in there they're they're getting into that 80 ambient i also have a theory now this is just a theory only because i have seen it happen with justin and myself so justin and i have both received animals that I would say naturally live more in a uh, tropical environment. And we have a pretty tropical climate here and they came from more dry areas and they were bad feeders for those people. But once they came here, they started feeding really well and doing really well. So I almost wonder if like climate and being closer to natural habitat has anything to do with it or even if sometimes you're like your room set up has, yeah. yeah and sometimes i think just the plane ride kind of kicks something up well this you know? there wasn't a plane ride it was a car ride he's well, only about <laughs> he's only about two hours from me and i would agree whole, wholeheartedly and maybe for him as a specific individual animal coming here the cooler he just preferred the cool mm-hmm yeah, and because rhinos, but, I mean, Justin, I don't know rhinos like y'all do, but rhinos do prefer cooler yeah, temps, do they you not? Yeah, don't keep them warm at all. Yeah. Right, but Josh has, I think, five or six of them, and only those two were problem feeders. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah. You know, so he's got four. Maybe that ones. one individual was, yeah. you know, just preferred the cold, cooler mm-hmm. temps. Yeah, no, yeah. And it just happened to be the one I picked. Because he did give me the yeah. choice. He's like, here's two of them. And I took the smaller one because I thought he was prettier. So how come as far as jungles go, like what was the what was the determining factor behind sort of putting an emphasis on those? Well, initially it was, you know, seeing a YouTube video of this gorgeous black nail snake. Mm-hmm. And then I'm one of those, I geek out over things. I don't just run out and buy something. So I do a abundance of research. And uh, what a weirdo. 
<laughs> I, know, I know, I know, right? But um, you know, so I think it was just in the trip down the research and looking mm-hmm. in the jungles and looking in the, the lineage. And also what I like a lot of people ask me, what what is it about jungles? Is it just the black and yellow snake? I'm like, no, because actually I don't have a lot of the quote unquote gorgeous black and yellow jungles. Um I don't I know, like, man. Yours I, are pretty nice. I've seen like the pictures I've seen. They're they're pretty smoking. I, I, I do I do have some nice ones. Yes, I do. But you <laughs> know, um, like I like the thick, bold black patterns. Yeah. And the jungles just typically I know others have them, but typically jungles have that thick, bold black, especially in the head stamps and stuff like that. Which so that's what drew me to the quote unquote jungle carpet side of things yeah do you find them to be more high strung like people seem no. to say with jungles that they're, they're I, more, no more they're like any and, other carpet no i have i i'm telling you i have i think i'm close to about i think i got in this room i'm sitting in i think there's uh, quick numbers i think there's 14 or 15 in this room and i don't need a hook for one of them including this big guy behind me I, nice gotcha even and there's there's uh, neonates, fresh neonates right over there. I don't even need a hook for those. So I can just reach in and pack them mm-hmm. up. They're fine. I think, I think, once you understand the animal, understand jungle carpet, not specifically jungle carpet, but just any carpet python, understand them, mm-hmm. um, start reading their body languages, move slow. You don't just whip the tub open and reach in and grab them. Move slow. Let them watch you get. You know, I, I find for me, you know, let them watch you and then you just take your hand and slide it behind them and you can pick them right up and mm-hmm. they're fine. Um, I do have, I have two jungles. One's a mutt jungle, but I have two jungles that are a little edgy and they both came from Eric Burke's house. <laughs> they, <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. Of course. I know Owen says it on NPR all the time that Eric breeds evil snakes. Take it for what it's worth. (laughs) Do you get any gelatins yet? Yes, I have a pair of gelatins. And one of those evil Satan's daughter, she was (laughs) Satan's daughter, was my gelatin female from Eric. Uh, That that snake for the first year of her life, you'd just walk by her tub and she would strike and hit it. So I put her on the bottom. I put her, I put her on the bottom. I walked off, but now she's a year old, and I just did it this afternoon. I can reach in and I can pick her up and I can handle her no problem. And she's a year old. It's you know, it didn't happen at two years old. It just patience. Don't force yourself on them. Keep handling to a minimum when they're small, and for a you'll while, watch I, it. Yeah, I kept hearing them talk about them, and for a while I was like, "Cool, you know, it's a jungle." It wasn't until I looked like looked them up and looked at the pictures of his that I was like, "Okay, now I get it." Yeah, like, those yeah, are, and, those are awesome looking snakes. Yeah, and when you get them in your hands, they mm-hmm. are they're interesting. You know, like my male, um, his belly is stark white. But with the pattern bleeds up and then it goes to like a dirty gray on top. Mm-hmm. And he's got some blushing coming in on the sides. It's got like a greenish hue to it. That's what I like. I like jungles that have more than two colors on them, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've been really tempted to get 
a pair of jungles from Billy. Because Billy, Dude, those Billy ones... produces some. Because like me, I re- I like really dark. See animals. that one Dom got from? No, I didn't. I didn't know oh Dom got jungle from. Well, because he had one at Daytona that I almost just bought from him right then and there because the thing was so dark. I just love I love animals with high black anything mm-hmm. really dark like the you know, I'm not into morphs a lot, but I like exantic stuff and I like, you know, gray stuff. But anything really black is just really nice to me. And Billy has produced some really, really dark jungles. And I just oh. They are they are fantastic, you know. I think they are. I think they're really cool. I'm not super into the like the high yellow stuff. I don't know. I feel like everybody's kind of really into the high yellows, which I think they're awesome in their own, you know, their own, you know, thing. But I don't know. I really like the the dark jungles. I feel like they stick out a little bit more when it comes to them. Oh man, that may have been the one I was looking at. That might have been. I don't know. <laughs> I don't she posts that now, and I'm like, damn. Oh. Yeah, no, Billy Billy has produced some really, really nice jungles. See if um, I can save it and send it to her. And it's so funny. Billy is such like a nobody. He everybody does things in the background. Everybody knows he has really nice stuff, but you don't know it till it's like in your face and you're like, holy shit. Like, that where did that come from? You know, like <laughs> it was funny. I was uh I think it was three Daytonas ago. Not this last one, not the one before, but the one before that. Mm-hmm. I was getting a pop one from him, and I was getting some farm bread. I was getting—I was actually supposed to get a farm bread mail, and he had some captive bread stuff that he produced. And I looked, and I'm like, okay. "So, like, can I get that yeah. one instead? Because I didn't know you had that. Is—is is that cool?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, that's fine, you know." <laughs> and it's like he's dude. He produces even those coastals that you got. I was- Dude, I am ah. so in love with the coasters I have. It was actually funny. You're talking about snakes, you know, your snakes being you know, a couple of them being mean. The most defensive snake I have in my collection is a coastal from Billy. I have a, <laughs> I have more pop wins than anything. I have one pair of coastal carpets that I got from Billy. I absolutely love them to death, but the female is the biggest freaking jerk on the face <laughs> of the planet. Like she's terrible. Like I cannot put my hands on her. Terrible. Not there isn't a time that she's striking. I think Billy really? strategically yeah, places no, these it's, things. It's crazy. In our hands. <laughs> it's not a like you didn't get that by accident. No, it's like no, this one's going to change. Yeah. No, the, the the female coast I got from her is an absolute psycho. But I know he didn't do that with with her at least because and i'm very very grateful to billy for this he gave me the only normal female out of a clutch he got you know he had he got it was like a it was a normal coastal to a jaguar and he got you know obviously jags and normals and i wanted just a pair of normals i didn't want to do anything with jags and he had one female normal and i got it from him luckily um, but she is, she is terrible, man. Oh my gosh. She's such that's a it, that's interesting. That's yeah, interesting. no, it blows my mind. She's crazy. All my pop and none of my pop wins compared to her. Maybe one of my babies, but she, you know, that she's a baby baby, but she's, you know, the coast at this point is two years old, you know, mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. two and a half years old? You know, at this point they normally grow out of that, but yeah, it's just, getting to the point where they're usually coming down. 
Yeah, no, she is. She's terrible, man. I guarantee you, she's the most offensive snake in my collection by like a long shot. <laughs> you know, minus Pituophis, I guess. I have a Pituophis that's, you know, is a little bit more <laughs> defensive. Than she is, that's that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it, it cracks me up when I hear people say all the time, and it's repeated. Oh, dongles are typically, you know, the most defensive, the most nippy. Yeah. And I have. Like I said, every one of my animals, I have pictures of my daughter holding most of the snakes in my collection. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my daughter's only two and a half, you know. Oh, there you my, go. My my animals aren't, you know, I don't have a single one that is extremely defensive or you know, twitchy, even a lot of them right. are, you know, once they get in in my experience here. Once they get comfortable, you know, give them a couple months. Once they come with you, get them through quarantine, get them through, you know, and you get those animals set up and it, you just, I, I can watch my animals once they clear quarantine and come into my room. I, I just watch them like relax. All right. And it takes a couple months. Some, it, some, it's, it's, some, it takes a month or two and that you just, watch the animal relax and then all of a sudden like the animal learned the animal learned the routine it's used to you it becomes accustomed how you know i handle them and i don't have a problem i mean even my so, i have a zebra that i don't have a single problem with as with my zebra right so have you found that to be more common with animals that are around the two year old mark or have you seen that same progression with like hatchlings <laughs> So I let me think about that. Because I, I asked that because from what I've seen personally, like I get hatchling like I've I've produced, you know, 20 carpets in my time. And mm -hmm. from what I've been able to tell, you know, we you always get hatchlings that are defensive. Normally half your clutch is gonna be at least pretty defensive, you know. Mm -hmm. But from what I've been able to tell with carpets, they normally grow out of that. If they're really, really bad, they normally grow out of it at around two years old, at mm -hmm. least from what I've seen. You know, they grow to that point where they're a little bigger. They're a little less scared of everything. They're used to life and they kind of grow out of that super defensive state, you know, yeah, if, if they are aggressive babies. But I have had babies that are completely fine right out of the egg, you know, yeah. no problems whatsoever. No, I've had three jungles that when I got them, they were the typical, what you hear people say about jungles. They're very mm. nippy, you know, very defensive. You hear hitting the tub when you go to grab the tub yeah. out of the rack. <laughs> um, you know, and it was right around the animal hit about a year old for okay. the worst one. Some of them, they were only in my house for about two, three months, and right. they just chilled out i mean the one the one i got the guy like he warned me he's like i'm telling you this one's this one's special and i sent him a picture about two months later of me holding it taking a picture and he's like right. i take that that took guts and i was like no <laughs> she's 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 fine now and that was my zebra and and how old was she when she was fine six eight months okay yeah it was it was it was quick but i yeah. handle like i i handle and i work with everything in a pretty good routine 
Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't, I can't give any, any advice because I do the same thing. I've always done the same thing. You know, I'm not like the care sheet kind of keeper. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you still got alternative. Oh, the, I just had those alternatives you sent me out today. They are. <laughs> it's funny because the one that, the one that's super dark and pretty mm-hmm. bright, she, yeah, pretty bright bands. The older she's getting, the darker she's getting, and the brighter the bands are getting. So I mean, she like pops. The other one that was the male, he mm-hmm. is actually lighter. Huh. Kind of more consistent. I mean, they're both like, they're both stunning. Every single person that comes into my house and they see those animals, they're like, those are nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're nice. I, you know, I really enjoy them. Getting those, those babies started was, I think those are still probably the hardest snakes that I've had as far as getting babies established. Like chondros weren't that difficult. Cyanium weren't that difficult. But those alternative man, like, the secret was getting that that fence lizard or curly tail, whatever it was, that was sent to us from Texas, you know, and freezing that and using that to scent. That really that did the trick. But up until then, man, those things were those things were tough. I don't know. I I, honestly, I don't even know if I'll ever try to breed them. I don't. I know, like you, you sent them to me. They're like, I'm pretty sure these are a pair, but I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I have them both. Mm-hmm. I, I have never actually sexed them since you said I've never sexed them. Yep. So I've been trying to get better as far as, um, you know, especially with the corns and stuff I hatched this year, you know, getting better at popping and um, now like first. being able to see, like look at sheds, like Stu Tennyson posted a video showing, you know, females when they shed, they have these two little, little dots where there's like a, a where they bled from, the two uh, like hormonal glands they have. And so females, they shed and they have these two red dots and then males either don't have those at all or there's a hole when they shed in where the vent is. So that that's actually been corn snakes or that's, it seems like it's colubrids in general. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, I like Phil even tried it out because he had a pair that were sexed and he, he looked at the sheds and he's like, dude, it's spot on. And, all the ones that I all the ones that I popped and then I got the sheds it was accurate so it's that's one thing that that makes it a lot easier now too and if you remember send me that video <clears throat> yeah I will I got I mean I'll look I'll look cuz I first I have no idea how you would sex I just got those speckled king snakes and holy cow I did not know they were that small I Yeah mean, I mean, they, usually then some of them it's it's fairly easy because the tail length from the vent to the tail tip is is notably longer in males than it is females. So sometimes it's pretty obvious and it's fairly easy to tell, but sometimes it can be really really tough to to eyeball. Uh, I all I all I know is I don't I don't even know if it would be possible to pop those. I I know the one that was sent to me as a female mm-hmm. that that is worm size like earthworm. Go out yeah. and garden dig up same size <laughs> i'm always like popping and stuff i'm because i had talked to somebody uh about the cyanian sexing them when they're babies and they're like yeah you just pop them I'm like dude i'm gonna break this damn thing if I pop yeah it. Like, 
Nah, nah, oh my god, like, there's a, <laughs> that makes me nervous. But actually, I mean, I've, I tried popping, and I've I'm feeling pretty confident about it now. You know, it's it's just that constant worry of like I'm gonna freaking snap this thing's back, you know, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, but, nope, nope, nope. <clears throat> so just got to figure out how to do it somehow. Yeah, but, I know. But I mean, so far, like I said, that shed thing has been been pretty pretty spot on so i'll definitely have to see. and then to the fact that like i've talked to people about it and they like they've never heard of it they've never noticed it and i'm like i've never i've never it's heard like life-changing information because and it you know Stu tennyson like he's one of the the original like alternate guys so it's like i trust his judgment he's seen more of these things than i have and probably ever will you know so i, I don't know there's something to it so far mm. like i said it's been accurate i've gotten pairs of bairds and and checked and mm. yep you know because with the you know with the pythons like the Morelia you know you get the you get the plugs from the males after a certain period of time and that yeah. makes it easy. So, yeah. I sh I should maybe maybe look at possibly breeding the alterna. I know if I post a picture of of one of those alterna, I will get messages. Like it's not oh, yeah, a, dude. When I posted like, those, they were gone. Yeah. They sold so quick. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I was just glad you had a pair. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they were fun. Like I said, I don't know if I'd ever if I ever got into those again. I don't know if I'd if I'd I guess it would depend on what I had as far as resources for getting them established and, and making it as, as headache free as possible. But like yeah. I really regret getting rid of the the Thayeri or Leonis, whatever you want to call them now. Because those are those are so cool. They come in so many different colors and stuff. But I don't know, like eh, just those Desert Kings, you know, that Mex Mex stuff, whatever, it's just Getting those babies going is, is tough, but I mean, just like anything else, once they're started, though, they're they're rock solid. It's usually not a problem after that. So. That's the game, man. Is always getting them started. I'm struggling. I was with talking about the alternate babies and how much of a freaking. Oh, I remember you. I remember <laughs> you complaining to me about those alternate. If you don't want to eat, man. you can just starve. You're like, dude, I'm feeding uh, these things mouse tails every three days. It sucks. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Like when you sent me those Alterna, they were they were a couple months old, you know, mm -hmm. you know they were they were like your last pair if I remember correctly, and so I when you sent them to me, you know they were big enough they were taking pinky mice. Yeah, Actually, no, yeah. I, think I, I think I fed them. I think because you were feeding them pinkies, and I'm, I'm like, well, I got fuzzies. I'm gonna try it, and they mm -hmm. took fuzzies and I didn't worry about it. Well, so I didn't like. I didn't do my research, if I could say that, you know, right? Mm -hmm. So when I got these speckled kings and they came to me and they're not even in a deli cup, they were in these tiny little, like, I don't even know what from plastic containers. They, I mean, they're tiny, like, like coil up on a quarter. Kind of wow. Yeah. Kind of uh, like these things would coil up on a quarter. And I saw like, he had like a card in there that they had only taken two live mice. And I was like, Oh boy, I need to get my research done. But I, I still, I, I need to find something to knock on. I've never had a problem animal to feed. I cut the heads in half of two fuzzy mice. I drop fed them. They ate the first night they were in my house. They ate fuzzy, half fuzzy heads the first night they were in my house. Um, Second, third, and fourth feedings was interesting. I had to tease feed them a little bit to get them to take it, but mm -hmm. they're both slamming, frozen, thawed. 
no problem. Yeah, that's nice. what you know. Like I said, once once they're going, yeah, they're good. Like you're fine. It's just getting them to that point. And I did tails because tails are so so easy to get down and so quick. You know, I'd I'd set it with chondro babies. Like I'd rather put a tail in them, and that take thirty seconds than to sit there and beat the hell out of them with a pinky for ten minutes. Mm. only for them to not eat you know it's right. like it's it's just it's less stressful on them it gets something in them like yeah it's not ideal it's not great but it's something you know it's tails are just tails are easy i've i've tried assist feeding pinkies and stuff before like whole pinkies and i can't figure i don't know how people do it to me it's freaking impossible i can't get anything to, to stay down like i'll get it past like to the shoulders and maybe a little farther than that in the mouth and they just they they give it back like it from, just it does not i can't figure it out from what i've seen everybody like likes to do the whole get their teeth locked into the head and drop them yeah i know, tried like, that at with least bears, with like pythons and, and, and then like yeah. if you're doing frozen yeah. i've, I've never had to goo. do it luckily yeah. but yeah because i just last night watched the one speckled she had the mouse heads completely down and she backed she completely backed out of that thing oh, so like no. the whole teeth the whole teeth locking in yeah. uh, somehow she can get that right over and then she ate it rear first and struggled and i ended up mm -hmm. <laughs> ended, uh, yeah it, it just uh, she wanted to do it the hard way i guess but she yeah. ate and it, it and even with some of the cyania when i do tails you know, I'd get it almost like I'd get it down as far as possible to where almost my fingers were in their mouth and I'd have to let it go and then hold them and hold still. Because sometimes if I ended up moving, they they'd reverse it and, and give it back and I'd have to do it again. But yeah, uh, like tails are so much easier because, yeah, like I said, it's more streamlined. It just goes down so much easier. Yeah. I just I've, if I have some that I need to give tails to, I'll just cut the tails off frozen adults that I've frozen off and just keep those tails on hand. And right. they thaw really fast, which is nice. You know, it's just to me, it's just so much easier to just do that and get something in them rather than try and sit there and force a pinky in for right. 15 yeah. minutes. And I'm not, dude, I'm not a fan of force feeding. I, I know this assist sounds feeding is yeah, assist feeding. And I know that's the whole term because nobody likes the word force but like mm -hmm. assist feeding like and that's what i mean by like you know getting the teeth to sink into the head that would be assist feeding you know what i mean is getting the teeth to sink into the head where they theoretically you know it's harder for them to let go so they just decide to eat it you know like that would be considered assist feeding you know but it's been very apparent if a snake doesn't want to eat whatever you just shoved in its mouth, it's not going to eat, you know, and I don't know, man. And maybe it's morbid to really me. And I them. talked a little bit about it on, you know, Daffy's round table the other night, you know, I, I'm kind of, maybe I'm a little morbid with it, but I won't, I'll assist feed if needed, but I'm not going to force anything to eat. If it's not going to eat, I mean, it's just, it's just wasn't meant to be, you know, that animal, and that's the thing. If you have to make an animal eat, you know, I understand, you know, for certain things that have specific diets and getting them started is very hard. That's a completely different story. But, you know, to a certain extent, if an animal's not going to eat by itself, was it really meant to I don't be know, man. Sometimes it's just a waiting game because that one bear that didn't eat for the first, like, 
two or yeah, three but, months, but all again, of a sudden it started eating. But again, that was different because you didn't force that animal to eat. You just kept giving it the option to eat. I, yeah, I'm just and one day just it just decided it. to do it. You know, it's the same issue I had with the Jakarts. Like I had a Jakarts oh, yeah. rat, my male, he just wouldn't eat. But one day I tried something different. I put him in a little cup with the mouse and he started eating. He's eating two meals now. He's doing great. Super happy because that is my favorite locality of rat snake I have right now. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, and I'm, I'm dealing with it with an app right now with the Everglades. It's never eating a meal with me. It doesn't want to go. It's never eating a meal at all. I got it right out of the egg. I mean, um, you think about it biologically, they're they want to live. Yeah. Right. So you'd think eventually they have it has to for the sake of surviving. You know, they'd be like, okay, I guess I guess I have to eat. Now. Right, like I can't wait anymore. Yeah. yeah, and that's always been my opinion because people do so many different things and all this stuff to try and get these animals to eat. And I feel like to an extent, a certain extent, you're just stressing that animal out so much yeah. that it's not gonna eat. Like yeah. you have to do simple things to get them to eat. If you're doing all this elaborate thing, all these elaborate things to get them to eat, you're just stressing it out, dude. And if you put that animal under that much stress, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not going to eat no matter what you put in front of it, you know? So yeah. eventually, like at some point you can try all you want and try and try and try. If it doesn't take by itself, then I, I mean, was it really meant, you yeah, know, maybe I that animal supposed to survive, you know, because that's why snakes have so many eggs. Right. Because 90% of them I don't make it to do it to adulthood. Like mom has 20. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you know, fifteen or fifteen to nineteen of those probably aren't going to make it to adulthood. You know, it's just it's it's mother nature. It's a fact. And I just I, I maybe I kind of cheated with the chondros because I did do tails with those and I had to I did it very gently. It was one of those things where right. you know, baby chondros are super delicate. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I didn't I, all the chondros that I've seen that people still have, like Luke and David's, like they're all fine. There's no issues with like right. kinking or anything like that. I was super gentle with them. You know, I wasn't mm. rough with them at all, but and that's that the thing worked. with with stuff like chondros and lizard eaters, you know, stuff that's more finicky. Like I understand trying to get their head space into eating rodents and things like that, and having to do scenting, and because obviously, like, like you game. have you have to mimic their natural diet to an extent. Like you can't expect something that eats you know lizards. Kings lizards or skinks all the time to eat rodents right out of the egg like that's just not realistic they could like just be accommodating to how we keep them and yeah exactly why can't you eat just this scientifically bred rodent god damn it you know <laughs> but it's, you're making this very know. inconvenient yeah. for me yes i just want to keep you in this six quart tub alive but then there's Please just you think about survive. the weird things like <laughs> scenting with chick down yeah. they don't eat birds especially at that size no, like, why does that work? <laughs> There's nothing about them that eats washing, birds, but the scent is like, appealing. Rubbing, like rinsing them off with Dawn or washing pinkies with Dawn. That's never that worked works. with me. That's really? never worked for me. No. It worked for me it with some of the bears. It so has like, never is, worked a single work, time. Because now they just smell like a duck that got saved from an oil spill. <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason, <laughs> it's, it's very appetizing for them. I don't, I don't know. It's just the whole. It's so bizarre. But have you, I mean, what's, have you had any issues with jungles as far as getting those going? Um, well, I mean, I have never produced jungles. Now I've gotten many 
neonates. I mean, very small, even neonates. Um, I have never, ever, ever had a problem getting a jungle to eat. And I feed everything that you can get online and get frozen food. I've tried it all. Hamsters, guinea pigs, quail, chicks, leopard geckos. I have never. I I have. I am a hundred percent sure. If I put a spark plug in there, they're gonna eat it. They eat it. Oh my god! (laughs) Well, I mean, we already know that that's proven because how many people in Australia find them with like shoes Shoes. and towels? Yeah, I'm telling you, both of my gelatins. Uh, I keep like a bulk of my collection is MIA line jungles. Every nice. single, every single one of them, I have five of them. None of them care what you're putting in that cage. They're going to eat. Mm-hmm. They, I don't even think they take time to sniff what it is. They just <laughs> see food. What's well, what's they just warm. I go don't, for it. <laughs> it's, I, I don't even feed them warm. Like they're room temperature. Like I just let them out. They, they get room temperature and I just open the tub, wave it in front of them for maybe two seconds till they look up and see what it is and they grab and wrap it and eat it every time. I, I've, I, have, I have tried to find something that one of my jungles wouldn't eat. I uh, haven't got there They're yet. <laughs> equal opportunity. Yeah, they, yeah none of my animals care. None of them. Not a one. So are you going to be breeding anything? I guess they're winter breeders, right? Jungles? Yeah. Are you breeding any jungles now or next not, year? Or? Not this year. Next year I will try. I have. Yes, I will try. You're going to do maternal? I will start. Yes. Yes. I, like, do, I, I just want to. Before I die. I just want to point out, I like how you said, I will try. Okay, because a lot of people, a lot of people come in and say, "Yeah, I'm breeding jungles next year." No, yeah, no. I will, I will yeah. attempt. I and well, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the way you worded that. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't. I'm not forcing any animals to do anything. These are my animals. These are my pets. I will put a male in with a female's cage. I will temperature cycle them, light cycle them, and food cycle them. All of that. And if they breed, they breed. If they don't, they don't. And that's just kind of how I am. That's how I run. Even leopard geckos. That's how I am. I, mm-hmm. I don't. Should be. I do not rely on anything being produced in my room. Uh, if if I don't breed another animal ever, I'm fine, and I'm fine with that. You know, I just I have my animals. I enjoy my animals. Um, I'm not in this for the money. I'm not in this for fame. I don't care about any of that. These are my animals, and I enjoy them. That's kind of how I run my stuff. Has kind of gotten away from that sort of mentality. I I I could get on my soapbox and talk about the pyramid scheme of the reptile hobby. Do it. <laughs> Do Hop it. on up there, man. I got yeah. a megaphone you can borrow. <laughs> <over here>. Yeah. <laughs> and especially, you know, it sucks so bad because I I genuinely love leopard geckos. I think they're an amazing species. I to keep them. I kept. One leopard gecko in a 20 gallon long before I had anything else. You, need you know, I, I same. I same. kept them. I didn't just, you know, look and find geckos and like, I'm going to be a breeder tomorrow. 
No, I went. I had one. I had him in a cage. He was just in a cage upstairs in my house for a while. Dude, exactly the same. You know, That's all I had then, was a leopard gecko and a twenty-gallon log yep. with a heat lamp and some yeah, the shit out yeah, of buddy, day. yeah, buddy. And I, you know, it. I like. That's just how I was. And even when I bought all of my breeders that I have now, my first batch of animals, I bought them because they look cool. You yeah. know. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I got them and I, I, I just bought nice animals. And then it was like another year later. It's like, you know, I'm selling a lot of nice animals. I guess I could try breeding. So I bought more. And then the next year I produced some. And then the next year I produced more. And you know, that's just, that's yeah. how I, I haven't, it isn't like a huge business for me. I'm not in it for anything. It's just, it's just fun for me, you know? I, I mean, I'm so out of the loop as far as the leopard stuff goes. I really uh, want, like, Jake got his cave geckos recently, which are freaking dude. sweet. Oh, I'm my God. To give me I freaking love those. I, 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 I would love to have a pair of those, by the way, Jake. <laughs> if you want to read I, I, I got a group of them, so my buddy, like, he didn't have the sex of them. He had four mm. of them, and he was like, dude, you can take as many as you want. And I was like, yeah, four. And he's like, yeah, I was like, you don't know the sexes. He's like, no, I'm like, just give me all four. Cause I don't, <laughs> I want to make sure I at least have a pair, you know? So I took all four. <laughs> I love those things so freaking much, man. It's very, it's very weird dealing with bugs again. I'm not yeah. sure if I like it. I'm still figuring it out. I just ordered some stuff to, you know, upgrade my, hit um, me up, hit me my up. mealworm colony. Yeah, man. I'm with you. I, I got just, you. Even, you know, I, I have mastered I have mastered the mealworm and doobie roach production. Oh I dude, that, I, then I, I will <laughs> definitely message you then because yeah, what I'm doing right now for mealworms. What I'm doing right now for mealworms is not working. It is not a, a fast process. It is not, not like I got all my dubias before they matured. And so now I finally yep. have some that are definitely males and definitely females. So yep. they're finally starting to get into that, that yep. penultimate. More, people don't realize but... that takes like if you go to the pet store and you buy the small doobie roaches and you're like oh well i'm gonna raise these up and just breed my own yeah you're like, like good luck you're four you're, you're four months out <laughs> yeah. like, and that's not that's not an exaggeration number no you're, you're three to four months out because i was talking so i got my geckos from chris Painchap, and i was asking him about so i went over everything with chris because like i haven't kept geckos in a long time the first reptiles I ever kept were crested geckos yeah, or not crested geckos, spite. leopard geckos. And, you know, cave geckos are kind of the same deal. They're basically yeah. a wet leopard gecko. If you ask me, I, you know, so it's not, they're not hard to keep. They're not hard for me, but I, I just kind of went over everything with Chris and I asked him, you know, a bazillion questions. I asked him more questions about keeping, the bugs than I did about keeping the geckos, you know, I yes. just kind of clarified a few things with yep. the geckos and I've yep. messaged him several times about the bugs, you know, like yep. how do I do this? Right. You know, so I just ordered a couple of things and, you know, I'm hopefully going to get my colony yep. back in shape. But he told me he was like, he said, he said he doesn't breed dubia because like, you know, he already breeds too much. He doesn't need to breed. I mean, but, the nice thing is you don't really have to do anything. With you know, you and I asked him, I was like, how many should I get? Because I don't want to buy so much that they grow. Because in my natural instinct, bugs grow pretty fast. You know, like I don't want to do buy that. a bunch and then they outgrow what I can feed. He's like, 
dude, buy like 200 Dubia. That'll last you like a month or more. And yep. that'll, that'll be good. I'm like, they won't grow. He's like, no, they grow surprisingly slow. And I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. cool. Especially you know, and sure enough, if pretty much all the Dubia too. I bought a month later are pretty yeah. much the exact same size. Yep. Yeah. What, what Justin's saying there, like when they start getting to a bigger size, take them off heat. Don't like cool them, but just take them off heat and keep them at room temperature and they will slow down. Now yeah, it's no, not I keep, like they're going to stop. All my bugs at, I right. keep all my bugs at room temperature. They vary from okay. well, I've been, 74 I did the opposite. to 80. Because I'm trying to get these doobie to grow. And so you know that 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 big PVC cage I got from you that had my female brettles? Yeah. I've now just opened that up and I have the heat panel still plugged in and on the thermostat. And I just put the roaches right under that. <laughs> oh, no shit. So I'm like, grow faster, damn it. Yeah. You want to know a, a good trick for doobie colony? If you're like, when I'm in a pinch... I keep a, a big igloo cooler um, and I have a stainless steel bottom in it with heat, mm -hmm. with a heat pad on the bottom of the stainless steel. And I will fill a tub of dubia and I will put them in that cooler and shut it. And that dark, humid, hot, you gotta be careful mm -hmm. on like your veggies and stuff that you put in there to feed them. But if you just keep on, make sure that, you know, the humidity doesn't get outrageous in there for them. But, you get them in a dark, hot, you know, not like super hot, like, you know, around right. like 94, 95. And oh, wow. you, will, you will breed, uh, you will have dubia, just, you'll have a pile of them. Well, it's, I, I it's just, kind of... I just had to supply a local pet store. I literally, I had thousands of mealworms that I had a really good season this year as far as moving animals out. And I, all, I you know, I had prepped my, my mealworm colony to produce what I thought I was going to need. Well, I'm like six times over what I needed. I just dropped off like thousands of mealworms mm -hmm. to a local pet store. I just walked in the door. I was like, please sell these or give these to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I got, well, I got the dubia cause the Ackies, like I wanted to feed them dubia, yep. or, you know, other stuff. Yep. And of course, by the time, I won't need small dubia by the time these dubia are ready to like, I guess, start getting the size I need. Because the Aggies will already be like big enough to eat right. the size that they are now, like the dubious. Yeah. So it's that's all right. Jake's got some geckos; they'll clean them. That's up. right. It's part of the Smith Farms yeah. process, <laughs> dude. I okay. So once I quit my second job and I have a little bit of space and time and shit, I want to get back into the Smith Farms thing. All right, I'm I'm all about it. All right, I'm with I'm with the. I'm with the bugs. I'm with everything right I now. I got super worms. Those, for whatever reason, seem to be trickier than mealworms. I don't know if I'm, yeah, yeah, they are. They if are. I'm going crazy or not. I got some, and they don't seem to be doing anything. <laughs> and then I have mealworms, and they're just going crazy. And then I started doing wax worms, and I yeah. started getting some some moths from those. So hopefully I'll have some some more wax worms yeah. coming. So <laughs> I actually, I so I get all my bugs from Rainbow Mealworm. Um, that's yep. where I get my mealworms and my roaches from. Um, and I bought, you know, since you, since you deal with bugs so much, Christian, I want to ask your opinion. So I, I was feeding just raw fruits and vegetables to my sweet potatoes, man. Yeah. I, I got sweet potatoes for I like my those stuff. They don't, they're not super wet. So they don't mold super easy. Right. Like they almost dry out before they get moldy. And gross. Right. Yep. So. But so I got, um, I got this stuff called Rapashi bug burger. Yeah, I use bug yeah. You think is that? Do you think that's sufficient? Because I was looking for something. But the fruits and stuff were getting kind of gross. Because I also got apples and stuff. Yeah. And 
with my schedule, like you can't really leave that in there for longer. Than no, you can't, and it's yeah. it gets really gross and really disgusting. So like, I'm I was trying to find something that was a little better. So I got this bug burger stuff. Do you do you think that would be good for mealworms as well as roaches? Yeah, in your in your in your situation, yes. Um, okay. I don't use it. Um, I service my bugs uh, three times a week. Um, now it's oh, just wow. a, you know it's just a quick service basically. But I mean, I feed all of mine fresh veggies. Um, I try to vary it up as much as possible, and um, I also will use uh, there's a uh, what is that pro is it pro gut load or something like that it's like yeah. a dry um it's like a dry almost like i use chicken layer chicken layer mesh so it's like if you go to the farm mm-hmm. store but you just got to be careful which one which ones of those you buy um some of them have some weird stuff in them so i buy like the all organic and then uh i just put that in like a coffee grinder quick and just grind a cup of that up and I just sprinkle it over the top. And I mean, mm-hmm. I get a animal... jar of uh, wheat germ from the grocery store. It's really high in like vitamin A and E and they yep. love it. Yep. That works. Yep. And I mean, like the, bu- I mean, the trick for me is just in my sifting process through the mealworms, I need to make sure that whatever I put in that tub is going to, I'm going to be able to sift through it quick. Cause if I can't sift through it quick, it's not worth it to me. Right. But that, I know that I know that I can't remember if it's pro gut load or something like that. There is a company out there that makes something specifically mm-hmm. for it to dry, just to dry to help them get the extra. Cause I just keep everything in, um, you know, basically just wheat brand that you, you know, I buy yeah. it in bulk. I, I buy 55 pound bags. Is it 55? 55 pound bags of, of it, you know, from bulk food stores, you know, mm-hmm. I give mine some, uh, so I do the, the wheat germ and then I have some like just generic dubia roach chow. And then I have, I get some of that, uh, it's either wheat brand or all brand. It's a cereal. That's like, a you know, just regular boring old person ass dry <laughs> mm-hmm. cereal. And the, I mean, the dubia go crazy on it. And then if I have any extra scrambled eggs for that, I usually give the Aggies, oh, wow. yeah, I didn't even think the about that. roaches, went absolutely yeah, ham on scrambled eggs really yeah yeah and then sweet potatoes yeah. are a big one because sweet potatoes are super cheap like i said they don't get all moldy and gross yeah. they seem to dry out before they get moldy yeah. i like potatoes and more than anything nice the, the only issue i find with potatoes is like they you know especially with mealworms because like i know a lot of mealworms you can get like bedding that they eat which you know, i have yeah like, i keep mine on i have all, like five pounds of that coming flour. in now yeah I've got like yep. five pounds of whole wheat coming mm-hmm. in like tomorrow. You are so. going to you are going to go through a five pound bag very quickly, my friend. Really? Yeah. Um, well, you know, you only have you only have four geckos. I don't know what you're trying yeah. to set up, but I'm you only might... I I have like I probably have around a thousand mealworms right now, and I'm just gonna mm. throw them all in there, roughly. Yeah. Do you have beetles yet? mealworms yeah. no oh, i can get no. some beetles i got plenty of beetles right i ordered i ordered 2000 mealworms like a month ago oh yeah and you were you said that was overkill yeah right. that was overkill that was a little that what do you have as far as dubia uh dubia i'm almost out i actually have dubia coming in tomorrow okay. yeah, sorry, i have some adults i could probably give you 
Yeah, well, I don't have I need to set up something for Dubia because I would like to try and breed them if possible. It's um, like I said, they're not hard. And once they're going like, yeah, they're pretty much self-sustaining now that I yeah. now that I'm dealing with bugs again and I have these cave geckos, I would like to get some coleonics because I really, I really I like Yankees and I'm doing yeah. bugs again. I'm like, sweet. Now I can get coleonics. Yo, because yeah. like I. I have I have such a soft spot for leopard geckos, but like I'm all about like the like the the more like low key stuff like coleonics. And well, I feel like coleonics is like basically the American leopard gecko. Right. That's so I would like to get them. After seeing and, them, I have a better appreciation for leopard yeah. geckos. Now. Yeah. No, dude. I, it's like geckos. talking talking to you, Christian, about leopard geckos. Like I started thinking about mine again. I'm like, fuck. I kind of want. Leopard geckos. Oh, I, I can I can go on and on and on and on about why they're so awesome. Everybody in the hobby, you know, laughs, great, oh, it's man. just a leopard gecko, and I'm like, yeah, but you know why they're so popular is because because they they're amazing. <laughs> they're because they, they are, are that amazing good. animals. That's why. That's the first thing I recommend. If people ask about the best first reptile, not snakes specifically, Crestus. but just reptile in general, I I say leopards. Yeah, if you don't mind dealing with bugs, if you want to, if you yes, don't want to deal with bugs, yes. then go with a crested. You know, deal with the rapashi yeah. and all that. You know. But what I think, what I think the leopards have over the crusties and stuff like that is, leopard geckos do have a personality. I'm not yeah, saying it's a. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's a smart or a good person. They just <laughs> no. They're very it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. When you when you walk into a room. The gecko comes out of the hive and watches you go around. If you start working in its you know, in its enclosure, that gecko is coming out to see what you're doing. If you yeah. go, if you open the door of Get a crested geckos, if you open the door of a crested gecko, that thing's either gonna try to bolt or hide. One of the two. That's just it. You know? Yeah, just my sleep. my cave geckos, dude, not about it. If I turn the lights no, on, no, those are different. Gone. Those are those are they different. are gone they don't want they don't want light whatsoever like you have to understand like they're they're cave geckos they live in dark wet environments as soon as i turn the lights on they're gone like they don't want nothing to do with still maybe i can come over and look and see if there's any cores on them and tell you what's mad that'd be fine can you do that with young like luba fair with like baby leopards if you take a jeweler's loop like you what with cresteds do you see those pores those femoral pores I can usually, I don't need any tricks or tools. I can usually tell in about a month or two whether they're going to be a male or a female. What? I've how? never, I, I can, I see the pores. Me personally, I see the female pores faster than I see the males. Okay. I don't know, that sounds weird because a lot of people are like, wait, females don't have pores. If you look at the bottom of a female leopard gecko, you will see tiny pore like, in a V is just like a male, but there are, in a different location, and I typically see the females before I will see a male. Hmm. Now, it could just be me and my eyes, because remember, we're talking about a tiny gecko. Yeah. I mean, yeah. tiny. And I, I have good vision, so I don't, you know, I don't need, I don't need magnification and mm-hmm. find them, but I could change in another 15 years. <laughs> Yeah. I say I'm blind as a damn bat. So. Yeah, it could all change. I'm, you know, I'm it's so funny you talking about these tiny geckos, man. I tell you, those tiny ass cave geckos I got from Chris 
are just as intimidating as like the biggest <laughs> snake I've ever handled. Like yeah. when I got them in, dude, like I was so gentle with them, like picking them up, yeah. like, oh my God, I don't want to break you. I like I don't the touch them. I do not handle my geckos whatsoever simply because I, I feel like I'm going to break them. They're so tiny. And like, I basically like literally I spray them down every couple days. I give them bugs every couple days. The bugs disappear. I know they're <laughs> eating, you know, like I don't yeah. see them. I don't yeah. like when I go in and do my snakes and feed, feed, feed my geckos and put them bugs in their dishes. Cause I basically just keep a dish and I throw bugs in there. Yep. And yep. like, other than that, like I don't see them. They're hiding when I'm doing my work. Sometimes they're out and about like in the evenings when I turn on the lights at first and I come into my snake room, like the geckos are sometimes out moving around and stuff. But yeah. after a few minutes of being in there, they're gone. Yeah. You know, they yeah, want I'm nothing fine. to do with light yeah. whatsoever. You know? That's the but best time amazing. to walk into I a love room. them. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the best time to walk into your room at night. I keep a child's nightlight in the corner of my room. Just so when I walk in, I don't have to turn the lights on. Yeah. But I can vaguely see in all my enclosures and just see, I mean, you just look at the, you know, I keep most, most of my geckos are in racks uh, in 28 quart tubs. And I mean, I can just see all of the geckos are out almost yeah. all of them at night. That's awesome. As far as cresteds or leopards, Jesus. <laughs> You've been talking to Chris too much. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you, is there a particular morph or line that you're focused on with those? Um, there's a line I focus on and there's a line I'm kind of known for. Um, I produce a lot of, a lot of people see my orange and yellow ones. Uh, mm -hmm. that's what we refer to in the hobby is the clown line. Um, of geckos i do have original clown line animals um and i i produced them i've had very good success with that um and i have produced some beautiful animals but just like the jungle carpets i like bold stuff so i have a whole bunch of bold stuff that the public doesn't really see <laughs> and uh see that's I'm, the fun stuff though yeah that, that, that's I the am, good stuff <laughs> yeah i am i am working on on some bold stuff um this year i i did a i did a cross of two lines of geckos and again had good good results good success and i let's just say i didn't have problems getting rid of any of those what do you I use to got, take your pictures Oh, that's a, that's a, I will, Justin, when I swear, when I get time after these, after the newborn trail up a little bit, um, I'll write an article on that because I don't use anything fancy. Now everybody says you they can't use good. a camera. You know, everybody says you cannot use a camera flash. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. I, if you know, if you know <laughs> how to use flash, yeah. that's the thing. A lot of people don't know how to use flash. You For can't. Direct flash is never good for anything. Direct flash no, is not I'm good. Serious. It's all about I the use, bounce. Yeah. I use the direct flash right oh, really? off my camera. Pop there the flash go. lens up off pop the flash lens up off my camera. And that's what I'm using to take. If you see a okay. picture of a gecko and it's on a white background, I shot I just pulled the camera out, popped the flash lens out, and took the picture up. I just slapped it on a piece of Corian and took the picture. 
No, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hear it. And, and I have done that with some, because I do, I have taken my photography kind of, I haven't done it lately because I haven't had time, but yep. I have messed around with a little, uh, with it a little bit. And I'll tell you like, I, and I, I, I know what you mean. Like I have used that direct flash and it does work. If you can find some type of external, external flash, yes. you know, where you can put kind of around your yep. room, Yep. I have had because I've messed with both. I've done like the direct flash straight from the camera and I've messed around with some external mm -hmm. flashes. If you can get an external flash to kind of bounce off a white wall mm -hmm. and bring that light onto them, it brings it, it gives it a much more like yep. layered light. You know what I mean? Uh, like it's not ooh. so directed almost you know and external flashes are relatively cheap you know it's nothing fancy you know no. like i would literally i would literally use like a flash like pointed at a wall oh yeah no that's really good looking at this clown yeah looking posted. at a picture you posted well but, it depends um, on what it is it depends on which one it is but yeah there's a no if if you know i i also have a light box and i have a light set up um and I use that for most of the snakes, and that is purely because it's easier to hold the snakes in the light box. Yeah. You know, do you get a better result out of it? Yes. Yes, you do. Um, but, I, you know, just how I take pictures of, my, of most of my collections, I basically just, you know, I'll pull it as I'm cleaning. As I'm cleaning the animal, I'll clean the board off quick lay it down take the picture put the thing right back in its tub after i cleaned it and put it back in the rack what are you doing he's wrecking the joint yeah no kidding <laughs> so is the like the bell stuff that i'm looking at right now on your instagram okay so bell like it almost looks like it has like a hypo-ishness to it so Bell is a line of albino leopard geckos. Okay. You have three. You have three strains of albino. Um, you have Bell, Rainwater, and Tremper. I have Bell and Tremper. I do not have Rainwater albino in my collection. And then I see the Firebold Clown Cross. What's the like? Yep. Why are they called clowns? Is there a particular? It's, it is purely um, all. That's just the name of the line. Uh, Matt Baronic, okay. Sasabak Reptiles. That's what he named them. Uh, you know, and uh, and that was back in 2012, I think, something like that. I have all the notes written down somewhere. Yeah, but... I'm I'm very not hip to a lot of the. A lot of the morphs with the the, the leopards and stuff. Well, the thing with, the thing with the with the thing with the, the leopard geckos is a lot of people like for, take that clown for example, and they'll call it a morph. It's not a morph. It is specifically a line. It's just mm -hmm. a line bred trait, just like Nick Button's ivory stuff. Okay. You know, so it it is confusing for somebody who's just getting into leopard geckos. If you just get on morph market and you start scrolling through half of those things that are on there, they're not morphs. They're like line names or like right. lineage names that are you know on there. So it, it does get confusing for some people, but you just got to pay attention. Where do you, where should people like if someone's getting into leopards, like if I wanted to get a pair of leopards tomorrow, what would your suggestion be as far as like where to start with some of the line stuff? I would tell you to don't go buy one tomorrow and spend four, 
and spend four months talking to as many people who are in it as you can, you know, because you are going to buy you. If you come to me and I sell you something, I could sell you a pair of beautiful animals, but you go to the next breeder and they have something that is totally different and you like it more. Well, now you have four animals where you could have just went to the other guy and got what you wanted, you know, but a good resource. I, re I recommend this all the time is, um, gecko boa um he is a breeder and Jake uh, broke his has, mic stand. yeah he like you guys are having struggles over there oh my god brats <coughs> this is why we can't have nice things mm. it's a good thing these are cheap booms i'm gonna screw them to the table child proof it you can just be mean and make him hold his microphone for the rest of the night. I would, but then he'd be screaming into it from two inches away. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, anyway, I, I always recommend um, geckoboa.com. Um, number one, go on there and just look through his available animals. John has amazing animals. That's where most of my collections come from. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has very good resources on his website. He has a whole genetics page where he lists out all of the genetics in leopard geckos. So it is like your one. Out. Yeah, the, yeah, it is like a one stop. You can go there and read through his genetics page, read through. He has this. He has a very extensive uh, care. I can't call it a care sheet. It's like a page mm -hmm. just says care on it. And it's it's long. It's gonna take a couple minutes to read that. Huh. But, you know, he goes. I don't know, I like deep. I've seen rainwaters and stuff in pet stores before, and that's just it's completely lost on me. I'm yeah. like, it sounds cool. I have no idea what it means, but yeah. And was but that? I mean, does that name come from somebody that was? Yes. That was their business yep. name. Yep. Uh, no, I believe I can't remember rainwater. I'm not specifically up on rainwaters that came that was a, i think that was out of vegas gecko or something like that mm -hmm. ah, man i could look it up in my notes because i do not have rainwater in my collection but like tremper that came from ron tremper he's mm -hmm. like got he that's a godfather of leopard geckos mm -hmm. and actually a lot of other stuff in hurt the culture that we all forget about um and then the bells that's just that was their last name mm-hmm yeah, they were at Daytona, I think. It's Mark and Kim, right? Mm, sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's go with that. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Are there any other species of geckos outside of leopards that you want to get into? No. And it, and it well, let me rephrase that. Yes, I would love to have the whole zoo at my house. However... I have a pair of newborn twins and an th almost three-year-old that, you know, they put a damper. They put a damper. They require, they require a lot more attention than my geckos do. Yeah. So. Yes, yes, yeah, well, now, you just, Wait, you can't just feed them bugs too? No, no, no. But now, now the thing is I cannot come into my reptile room without my two-year-old. And it's a oh, great man. thing. But she has to see every animal. Mm -hmm. oh, it's know? a great thing, yeah. but it also yeah. sucks. <laughs> it is. It is a. It is a great thing. Hours. 
Yes, I was just about to say, I used to be able to clean my entire collection, well, well, into entire Gecko collection, about two and a half hours. I could, you know, turn on a podcast, turn on some good music, and just go. Now, I am lucky if I get it done in four hours and one night. <laughs> you know, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, am I enjoying it more, you know, because now my daughter's enjoying it too? Sure. But... It does, it does really quickly put a damper on things. Cause I, there's a lot of jungles out there right now that I know exist that I really want, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. 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 So yeah, I don't know. I'd like strophorus or a bucket list species or bucket list group for me now. Seeing those. See, I want monitors. I want monitors in the worst way. I want I want green tree monitors and Aki monitors in the worst way, but I cannot commit. I cannot commit to an animal that takes daily care right now. I just, I just can't do it. I mean, I really like my Aki's right now. I'm, I'm not even feeding them daily. I'm kind of feeding them like every other day if they end up, you know. The worst thing is all of the people I talk to in the reptile hobby right now have got Aki's and it's like salt in my eye every time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Eric, Eric got his, and Eric got his Aki's, like, I was going down to Eric's house to pick some stuff up, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, oh, you'll be your perfect, I'll have the Aki's all set up, I'm like, yeah, thanks, Eric. And yeah, go, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and then I, you know, I go up to Joshua Mandel's house, Mandel's house, I'm pretty good friends with him, and same exact thing, oh, it's cool, you got to see these Aki's I just got, and, and then Justin, you're like, yeah, I got Aki's, I'm like, oh, you, no. guys are, you guys Alan are not, because I wanted Hit yeah, up, I man. wanted Aki's. I wanted Aki's last year. I sat at Hamburg, like staring at a little tub with a bunch of little Aki's in it. I'm like, I've got the space. I've got it. Oh, that's a bad idea. And I walked out without them. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't regret I know. mine I want, at all. I want them. When my when my reptile room is done, um, we, my wife and I just finished. We doubled our house this year. We put a huge addition on our house. Wow, and nice uh, that's awesome and that included a 30 by 24 snake room for me Ooh. so Hell so yeah. i am literally just starting the process of putting that together so maybe once that's together mm-hmm. maybe so you maybe. did an article in the last issue of the magazine about power outages and being you know in a place where it snows pretty yep. much every year right you get decent snow Oh yeah, yeah, we get yeah. decent stuff. How do yeah. you struggle to to keep temperatures and humidity sort of at a stable stable level, or is it because I mean no. down here like we we really don't have any issues there. Like our our winters are super mild. We get snow like once every decade, and it's so, usually like maybe an inch, and people go crazy. Yeah. So to add to my like geek out over like the reptiles and stuff, I'm just that on everything else. So when it came to, uh, you know, one of my gecko collection was starting to grow, I'm like, man, you know, I need to, I, I always had a generator for the house. So when the power went out, I could go out and I could start the generator and I had power for the house. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, I heated the house with a wood stove. You know, it, it would dry the air, like massive, oh, like dry everything. But. You know, it took me a year or two, and I'm like, nah, because I would run a, I would run a humidifier, you know, where I kept all my animals, 
And I was like, no, I need to, I need to make a switch. Like I need to find something else. And through talking to a couple people that, you know, at work, they're like, you know, you can switch to gas that actually puts off humidity. Like you might actually have a humidity problem. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's not, that's not a problem. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, uh, I made the switch. And like I said, in that article, my animals, they don't know the power ever goes out. I mean, it, it, you know, the lights will go out in the room for as long as it takes me or my wife to walk downstairs, start the generator and flip a breaker. That's it. You know, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it makes it, it, it took me, I think the first, the first year of dealing with the humidifier to humidify the room, dealing with the small generator just enough to keep lights on like after i dealt with the problem the first time i was like yeah i'm never dealing with this again <laughs> i fixed i, I yeah. fixed that problem i fixed that problem stat and actually i just treated myself to another brand new generator <laughs> there you go yeah there is a good thing to have on site man because like even around here like no, we don't deal with the snow, but we deal with hurricanes, you know, and yep. if we get yep. a bad hurricane, your power could be out for a week to two yeah. weeks at a time, yeah. you know, so it's always good to have a generator. My dad's, yeah. my dad's got a generator at his house for when power goes out yeah. for longer, more than a day, you know, we can deal with a day or two without power, but I keep, After that, you know, you you need to keep your fridge going and your yeah. freezer, yeah. You yeah. Know, especially with your mice and, you know, yep. all that. So. Phil and I have talked about getting together like a, a downloadable checklist for like emergency preparedness things like mm-hmm. just like a know, generator would be at bags, water bowls, containers, extra containers, you know, just basically yeah. stuff. That if like I when I think of it, I think of like if I have to evacuate and I have to take animals with me because it's like hurricane hugo levels of like yeah get the hell out of there yeah yeah I, if that's the case i'm gonna take pretty much everything like i'm gonna put everything in cups or bags or something and get them in a in a tub yeah. or two and get the hell out you know yeah and that is... i want to like to have a checklist that people could just download and even be if there's a way they can even like just do it on their phone like download it and check those boxes and stuff like yeah that that would help a lot i think because then you don't have to think about it as much and it's just you know yeah i mean the thing like i think it was just the way i was raised like i i i'm just always i try to prepare for whatever's gonna go wrong mm-hmm. make sure i'm prepared for when something goes wrong because there's nothing to me there's nothing worse than an emergency comes up and now i have to scramble and i can't provide for whatever i need yeah. that's like the worst thing in the world to me so even like you know I have like all my every animal here in my house. Like if I don't make it tomorrow, like my wife's gonna open that, and every animal has got a place to go. Yeah, that's just that's just mm-hmm. kind of how I am, you know. So to me, it was you know, you know, I'm not making fun of anybody that's ever been through a rough situation or an emergency. I get it; it happens, and we don't all think about it. But you know we all sink you know let's face it we all sink good money and a lot of us sink good money in our collections you know right. even people who just keep a couple pets at home you have a yeah. couple hundred dollars in that setup you have a couple yeah, hundred dollars least. in that animal yeah. you know yeah. you know so you know 
I'd like to protect that if I could, you know, as, as much Absolutely. as possible. So, you know, I can't recommend it enough to have a plan. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Just have a plan and not just for cold weather emergencies. Have a plan for, if you could think of the emergency, make a plan for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we put out that contingency plan for if something happens to you, here's a list of like yeah. what you have and here's the people it should go to. And yeah. I still yeah. need to do that. Yeah, I, I have it yet. printed out. I got some of it filled out. I had somebody that... I had somebody message me and say, Hey, just so you know, I put you on my mm-hmm. on my plan to take these animals. Anything happens to me, and it, it really meant a lot to me. I was like, yeah. damn. Yeah. And Thanks, I talked man. to I like I talked to Corey that. Martin, I talked to Rob Stone, who were both in the, the legal field, and they were like, It's not really a legal document, but if you at least have it written out somewhere, it's... like that gives gives them because something to go not, off of. There's yeah. not gonna be any legal document for are snakes yeah. you know there's not going to be anything that like anybody needs to go to court about no you know so I just, like i that, don't think it need, necessarily after... needs to be a legal binding document well, no. i wanted it to be because you know justin wilbanks passed away very suddenly and he had a bunch of really nice chondros and it, from what i understand there was you know some debate amongst his family as far as what should happen with with the animals and stuff like that and so that's when i had the idea of yep. like why don't i just write this up and then i i wanted to figure out a way to make it like a legal contract that would be seen in the eyes of the court as right. like a will of sorts um but after talking to Corey and rob they were like yeah there's there's a lot more to it than yeah than there's that. more and to it's it probably that, it's yeah. probably not worth pursuing so right. this is yeah. at least a good start yeah that way at least the family has people to contact exactly. yeah, that's, that's, that's how i set mine up yeah because, because yeah. if i if i disappeared tomorrow i can make that up you know like yeah you could but no, oh you can make me yeah. disappear yeah yeah no if i disappeared tomorrow <laughs> yeah. you know like my you know at this point in my life my parents are basically you're small you fit in an oil drum just now. my parents would be responsible for my animals essentially and they would have to divvy everything out you know so having a list of people it's like okay contact these people and you know they can take what i have and then they will separate from there you know because that was i mean that's the issue too like your family at least i mean mine you know my wife knows what you know some of the nicer con like more expensive condors are but I mean, aside from that, she's not going to know what's yep. what and what, you know, yep. what, who, where things need to go and who they need to go to. And yep. so to have something like that, and I mean, it's, it's free and downloadable on the, the Herp, uh, Herpeticulture magazine website. Um, or you can just message me and I can send it to you. But basically it's, it's there so that it, you know, cause it's already, I mean, you're talking about a sudden death, especially like with, with what happened with Will Banks, like there's already a lot going on. There's already a lot of chaos. There's already a lot of things people have to worry about, especially the family. Like this is just something to make it at least a little bit easier and a little bit less stressful in an already shitty situation. Extremely Um, shitty situation. Yeah. And so, you know, having that on hand and I want to have that checklist made and and put out at some point too. I keep saying I even went as far in mine. I mean, yes, my wife will have it and my wife can access my wife, family member. They all know where the paperwork is to figure out what needs to go where. But I even have it set up and arranged with somebody else, a friend of mine to come Mm -hmm. in and handle it. So if something happens to me, my family, so they don't have to deal with it right away, you know, Mm -hmm. because they got other things to deal with. You know, they can 
call the other individual and he can come in and he can start going through contacting where these animals because it's not all let's face it my collect my my collection is not going to one place i mean right you know not many people can take in 70 80 animals at a time so you know and that's the other thing like i tried to make it as least of a burden as i could so Mm -hmm. like if a snake is going to a person the whole cage and everything is coming with it you know and that's that's how i set it up and it you know and that's, that is smart you know, to have that one yep. does like that yeah. one designated hitter that's you know there to, yep. to handle it yep. where the family doesn't have to because I think that was another issue that happened after Will Banks passed was there were people like immediately like what are well, you know where's this snake going where's that snake going like people messaging you know the family saying like yep. what are you guys doing with this and it's like look you fucking vultures yeah like, and, yeah. I, and, and I we think, chill out and I think can, that is a that's a good thing about you know the type of relationship you and I have you know yeah. living in the same town is you know if something happened to you I feel like Katie could rely on me mm-hmm. to hold down the fort and figure things right. out, you know, because I know everybody, you know, I can divvy things out and I can, you know, ship things, make trips as needed, you know, to help out. And I feel like it would be the same for you. If, you know, something happened to me and my family needed help, you could figure out how to divvy out things, you know, giving, yeah. you know, giving things to people, you know, even if there's not a lot even if there's not a lined out list of, okay, this animal goes to this exact person, you know, with your and I's relationship, you know, we talked to relatively the same people. So we yeah, all know who to yeah. contact of like, Hey, yeah. do you want this? Can you take this? Can you help me move it? You know, like type of deal. Mine, so it's- mine when I set it up, there was people arguing, well, I want that one. Well, sorry. I already promised that to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. No. I was I, I when I started working on filling out mine, I was like, I'm not even gonna tell people who's getting what. It's just yeah. gonna, like uh, that'll be a surprise. Yeah, well, my mine, mine. I just wanted to clear, like, hey, are you okay? Something happened mm-hmm. to me. Would you be okay taking some animals? Well, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Well, just let you know this, this, this. I told him which one. Like, it's to mine is playing to the T. Something happens to me tomorrow. He can walk in here, and as soon as he pulls the ID card out, it's right, right on the bottom of the ID card where yeah. it's going. I'd just be like, surprise, bitch, 20 coins. You know, I would, I would, <laughs> well, see, let I, know you know, I can't, somebody... I can't do that. <laughs> you know, if I, if I got, you know, if, you know, I got 15 jungles and 15 four by two by two cages, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's got yeah. that space just empty at their house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and that's why I was let know the person that put me on their list, uh, put me on for their Apodora. Um, so it was yeah. kind of like, just a heads up. Um, you're going to get some 15 foot snakes if something happens to me. And I was like, okay. Thanks for the thanks for letting me know, you know, but it also meant a lot that I was even put on a list, you know, especially for an animal like that. And I think on that form I had, like, if something happens, the person I want in charge of basically what happens with this form as. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I added is like, this is the person I want basically in charge of this, like handling it. Right. Yeah. A lot of people were pretty appreciative of it when we put it out. So yeah, no, it, it was definitely very well received. You know, it was, it's something I still need to do. You know, but I'm, I have it printed. I've been in such a limbo with my life. I still need to figure out people <laughs> that I can, you know, uh, appoint things to. But 
And given your ex, you're actually probably very close to having to use that contingency list. <laughs> I was ready to receive the call. <laughs> you called me thinking you were about to receive the call one day. <laughs> I was like, he's not picking up his phone. Yeah. God. Yeah, he called me and I didn't answer. And he's like, bro, are you good? Are you good? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, he's like, dude, I got to go over to the house and get some stuff. And I was like, okay. And then I tried calling a different girl. I was like, fuck, she came. It happened. <laughs> My nightmare is becoming real. Yeah, he texted me. He's like, "Bro, you good?" And I texted him, like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Proof of life, just like we have to. We have to text Joe Phelan all the time. Well, I mean, at least I do. I'm like, "You alive?" Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Just don't hear from Joe much. Dominique. So like, Dominique's the only one that actually does that for me. Dominique's just like text text me every couple weeks. Is like, "Hey, you alive?" I'm like, "Yep. I'm here. I'm good. I'm just stupid busy, and I don't get on social media." Yeah. So that's that's really all it is, and I check with Justin about once a week, like who who we who yeah. we have on tonight, yep. and then we catch up during before and after the show. Yeah. I have to force myself to get on social media. I do too, I do. man. It's so I have hard. To, like I have to, <laughs> I have to like like I try to make it like a once at least like if I don't remember the last time I like checked my inboxes, like just check them quick. You know, and I'll open them. I'll have messages. I'm usually pretty good about it, but I don't know. Facebook and all that stuff. I don't have a Instagram lot of is for that. Instagram is so much more pleasant than Facebook. I, yeah, here's the thing. I am like you're lucky. I figured out how to do this podcast thing. I am not. <laughs> I am. I own a cell phone and a laptop. That's it. We don't have internet here at my house. We don't have TV. Oh, like, I don't. You know, I, I, I'm not. I'm not up to speed Jesus, on. You all guys churn your own butter and stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just you know, I for for a long time. What a freak! <laughs> for for a long time, I I was pretty I was pretty into the shooting sports and competition shooting, mm-hmm. and you know, I just instead of coming home and sitting on my butt I, I i refuse to do that i will not do that so i come home I, I would come home and i would train for about an hour a day and eat and i do i also work like my average work day my bare minimum work day is 10 hours i don't work anything mm-hmm. less than 10 hour a day so by the time you come home then you train for an hour then you eat dinner you're you're yeah. ready for bed <laughs> you're ready for bed having having new twins i'm sure just Oh, that, that oh, even more. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what sleep's like anymore. Between the adi- between putting the addition on the house and then the twins, like immediately after, like it's. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what sleep is anymore. I really <laughs> don't. And that's what, when you text me to do this. I was like, "Oh, my wife's gonna kill me." <laughs> no. <laughs> then you're like, "Well, we can do it late at night." I was like. Well, I just want to. She might not. She'll, okay. she'll kill me a little bit. Yeah. 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 Just a little. Yeah. 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 But speaking of that, we are at the uh, two hour mark. We are, do we have. Do we have. Hasn't texted me yet saying, hurry up. Do we have any uh, final final questions for Mr. Uh, Parr? I don't think so. I think we covered just about everything. Well, Mr. Christian, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, where can uh, where can people find you? Light side reptiles everywhere, or just my name. There you go. 
Easy light enough. side, light side reptiles or Christian Parr, yeah. y'all. Ask a question, get yeah. an answer. Hell of a system. Yeah. Yep. Definitely, yep. man. Yep. Definitely appreciate I, you coming on, brother. Open. I'm always yeah. open to open to talk reptiles. Good. We're all just a bunch of nerds. Yeah, that's really all we are. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, I find out is there is there is people in this hobby that really aren't nerds. They, they just they just like pretty things. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. But hey, that's why the hobby is good. There's something for all of us. Yep. Yeah, it was funny actually. There's one dude. This was a while ago. You know, we, me and Justin don't really speak with him anymore. But he opens it. He had a he has a local shop, and he had some. Hog nose, sna- hog nose snakes that were priced like super high and i was like dude why do you price those so high you know and he's like because we have rich people around here and they pay a lot of money for pretty things nope. and i was like all right Not wrong fair nope. enough nope. he's like dude we have hilton nope. we have people on hilton head that will pay this much money just because it looks nice yeah like, we've right. seen a fair we've enough. seen a lot of that in the past two years yeah. you know with, with everything yeah. booming, a lot of the prices went up and a lot of people you hear him gripe about it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, listen, that guy posted an insane price for those animals. I agree with you, but somebody bought them. Yeah. yeah so, that, and that's the thing. So, that, so, that's why that's a, that's a whole other like, tangent, but it's like, like, honestly, I'm of the opinion, price things, whatever you want, whatever it's worth yeah. to you price it at that. If somebody buys it, somebody buys it. It was worth it to them. Yeah. Yep. Shut it was it, like I, nobody I had it. Nobody <laughs> had a nobody had a gun to somebody's head. You have to buy this. No, they yeah, posted exactly. it online with a high price tag, and somebody willingly sent them a message and gave them the money. Yeah, exactly. And that's what is you know that's the way yeah. I look at it is like yes, this animal is worth two hundred, but I don't yeah. want to sell it, so I'm putting the price tag of six hundred on it. So if yeah. you want it, you can have it for six hundred dollars. Yes. Condo prices just but make me giggle now. That's condo just, prices are just yeah. insane. Yeah, like condo. Well, we saw. I mean, we like, saw you that. You are high as a kite if you think you're getting <laughs> yeah. that much yeah. animal. But then they sell, and I'm like, okay, someone is high as a kite. Yeah, yeah that I, is, I, it's hitting the pipe hard. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time I said that this year, I'd be like, well, I, I wouldn't have to work tomorrow. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. All right, man. Well, this has been a great episode. Really appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, having this. I appreciate uh, all the work you guys do for us. Yeah, thanks, man. We we appreciate that. This was episode 144, brought to you by Steve Snakeshuary. Check out his Venom Hot Sauce. Grab you some. Help him out. He's doing good things. Awesome stuff. Awesome guy doing Even if the kids on TikTok say he's not. Yeah. (laughs) Those kids are stupid, so. But uh, we will see everyone Monday night at 9 p.m. EST for Snakes and Stogies, episode 102. And you will hear us next week. Next week is going to be our last episode of the year. Is it? It is. Oh, well, it's yeah. Be our one-on-one. Coming up and stuff. It's going to be our year in review. Yeah. So. Oh, man. The, the year in review. Always fun. Always fun. I haven't had one of those in about a year. So it's been, it's been about a year. Yeah, I, I always forget now that I'm back on the show doing things. Like I forget the like I'm still kind of fresh. I'm only like yeah. three, four months back into this. Yeah. So it's even though like getting back in, it's like riding a bike, man. I feel That's like right. I never left, but like Saddle I know I was fits. gone for so long, and it still makes me sad. But it's not rocking and rolling. That's right. We will see everyone later. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Christian. 
Alright, night night, fellas. Night.